You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Let's take our Bibles. I said Jeremiah 42, uh, but we're, we actually we need to go back to chapter 41. I'd like to get to 42, uh, but uh, no promises tonight. Uh, we're just going to uh, see, see what the Lord will have for us. Now, you say, well, Pastor, when you say that, does that mean that you, you're not prepared? Oh, no, I'm prepared. I've got a whole lot more than you can handle in one night. I just sometimes gauge on how much we can handle in one night. And uh, so anyway, we'll look at Jeremiah chapter 42 at some point. But Jeremiah 41 and uh, 40, we covered in these last couple weeks. If you remember, after the captivity... The people were taken uh, by Babylon and they left the remnant to stay in Judah, right? The king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, he set up a governor. His name was Gedaliah. Gedaliah was in charge. Remember, Johanan came to Gedaliah and said, Gedaliah, I got to warn you, Ishmael is coming and he is coming to kill you. You remember that from last week? And Gedaliah said, oh, no, don't worry about it. And Johanan came back and said, seriously, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not messing around here. He's coming to kill you. Why don't you let me go and I'll kill him so he does not kill you? Now, again, we're not talking about just, you know, neighbors chit-chatting over, over coffee. This, this uh, land has just gone through a battle, a war. There have been captives. There's been bloodshed. Uh, there is devastation. This is a country in turmoil. And Gedaliah should have listened. He should have been cautious. He should have had some wisdom and discernment. But he actually accused Johanan. He said, you're lying to me. You're speaking falsely about Ishmael. Well, we read last week, sure enough, Ishmael comes to see Gedaliah. He brings 10 guys with him and they sit down for a meal. Now, I want to tell you, if you've had a death threat and that person that threatened to kill you brings 10 hitmen with him and they want to sit down and have lunch, newsflash, they don't want to have lunch, okay? This is not going to be a good outcome. And sure enough, Ishmael gets in. He takes out his sword. His men take out their swords. They kill Gedaliah. They kill all the men with him. Then there's another 80 men that come to worship God and they kill 70 of them. And then we see in verse number nine, they fill a pit with bodies, plural. Like we know that there were many bodies. We know at least there's 70 of those men plus Gedaliah and all the people with him. I think it's safe to say there were at least 100 bodies of men that had been killed by Ishmael. And then we get to verse number 10 of chapter 41. Then Ishmael carried away captive. Wait a second. This is not supposed to happen. These were the people that got to stay they were left. They were not taken into Babylonian captivity. But now Ishmael captures these people and he says, we are going to Ammon. That was the king that, uh, that Ishmael was in cahoots with. And so he's taken him captive to another place. And of course, Jeremiah is in this group. And there are innocent people in this group. And they're being taken captive by Ishmael. 
And you say, well, why didn't they resist? <laughs> well, did you remember what happened to all the other guys? They're probably thinking, we'd like to live a little bit longer. And so they're taken captive. Verse number uh, 10. And he carried them away captive and departed to go over to the Ammonites. Verse 11. But when Johanan, the son of Korea, remember that name? That was the guy that tried to warn Gedaliah. Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the captains of the forces that were with him, when they heard of all the evil that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, had done, then they took all the men and went to fight with Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and they found him by the great waters that are in Gibeon. Now it came to pass that when all the people that were with Ishmael saw Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the captains of the forces that were with him, they, then they were, what's the word? Glad. It was on then. Hallelujah. Uh, the cavalry's coming. Hallelujah. Reinforcements have arrived. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, the SWAT team has just come in to rescue the hostages. And they were glad. Verse 14. So all the people that Ishmael had carried away captive from Mizpah cast about and returned and went unto Johanan, the son of Korea. But Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, escaped from Johanan with eight men and went to the Ammonites. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us as we look at this passage. And Lord, this is a, a very, uh, it's a very uncommon passage. It seems like we don't hear a lot about it. But I've been helped and I've been amazed by so many truths that I believe are tucked in this passage that I believe we can apply and we can learn from. And I pray that you'd help us. May, may, may we not miss these truths tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word uh, is precious. I thank you that it is preserved. I thank you that it is powerful. And I thank you that it is practical. And Lord, we need your word now more than we've ever needed it before. And I pray that you would speak to us from your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to jot down a couple words. I don't know how many of these we'll get to, but the first word is the word captive. Did you see that word in verse number 10? The Bible says, and again, these people were carried away captive. They were not supposed to be the captives. They were supposed to be free. They were left in Judah. They were the ones that were given the land and they were given the vineyards. And remember, they, they got all the, the harvest. There was so much food that God had provided for them. But now these people that should have been free, they're captive. They're not only captive, but now they're being forced to leave their home. They're being taken to a foreign place, a place where they do not belong by somebody that they don't even want to be with. Have you ever, please don't raise your hand. Sometimes you have to be careful what you ask in church. Have you ever been taken captive? Now, if you have older siblings, then chances are you have been held captive against your will at some point in your life. Uh, you've been tied up, uh, you've been locked in a closet, or you've, you know, whatever. I remember my dad and, and mom, too, they, they would have to get on to me because uh, I would, uh, I'd wrestle uh, with my brother, Joel. He's been here before. He's four years younger than I am. And I'd wrestle with my brother, Joel. And, uh, you know, I'd get, I'd get his arm. I'd get him pinned. 
and I wouldn't let go or I'd, you know, get my arm around his neck and I'd be choking him, you know, and I'm not letting him go. And you say, why? Because he picked on me, like younger siblings do. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that wasn't very many hands. We might, uh, older siblings, we may be outnumbered here, so I may need some backup here in a minute. But you do that if you're an older sibling because the younger siblings, they will annoy you. They will irritate you until you can't, you can't handle it anymore. And that's what was going on. And so I'd get my brother, and I don't remember ever tying him up um, or, or locking him in a closet, but I remember sometimes we'd be wrestling, and I'd get a hold on him, and I'd say, now, Joel, before I let you go, you promise you're never going to do, you know, whatever again. And, of course, he'd promise, and that promise lasted about 30 seconds. You know how that goes. Um, by the way, by the way, I went off to college. And I went off to college, and my little brother, who was kind of, and, and Joel, if you're listening, I love you, brother. Um, but uh, my brother, he was kind of, he was kind of scrawny. I mean, honestly, I mean, he, just, he wasn't very big, and he wasn't very strong. And I went off to college, and my brother, Joel, he started uh, 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 working out, and he got into martial arts. He started taking taekwondo, and I don't mean like just beginner stuff. I mean, like he was advancing in that. And then I'm getting nervous thinking, I got to go home from college. And what if he remembers those times that, you know, I beat him up and all that. And uh, thankfully, it's under the blood. Amen. And uh, he, I don't know if he forgot or not, but uh, he hasn't brought it up. And uh, so uh, he's coming at Thanksgiving. So I hope he doesn't uh, 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 execute judgment at that time. But have you ever been, have you ever been held captive? Uh, have you ever, against your will, have you ever been, uh, been, been locked up? Or have you ever been, I, I hope not, but in this room, uh, maybe there have been some that you have, you've spent time in jail. Some that are watching or some that are listening. Uh, I remember as an assistant pastor, I remember it was the first time that I ever went to a jail. Uh, we were in, uh, to visit. Uh, <laughs> Got to clarify that. Um, but I remember uh, going to a jail to visit. I was an assistant pastor. I was right out of Bible college. And I remember, I mean, just the, the fear. I mean, for me, I had never been inside of a jail. And just, you know, I'm, I'm not even, I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm still nervous. Can I tell you, that's, a, that's not a place you'd want to be. You, you don't want to be locked up. And now, maybe you've never been locked up. Maybe you've never been physically held captive. Maybe like these people here, you've never been taken physically captive from your home or never been taken from your workplace and forced to go somewhere. But can I tell you, there's a lot of folks in our church and a lot of folks that are listening and a lot of folks in our community who have been held captive, but it's not been physically, it's been emotionally. Or maybe it's been spiritually. I, I preach about it so much, I'm sure for some people, and I, by the way, I know, I know there are some people that don't come to this church on a regular basis because I preach against alcohol so much. You say, well, when someone says something about it, does that make you want to back off? No, it makes me want to preach on it a little bit more. You want to know why? Because the Bible is very clear that alcohol will destroy you. And I'm not just preaching it because I've heard about it or I heard this. I'm preaching about it because I have seen lives and marriages and homes that have been ruined by it. And so you want me to be quiet about it, uh, standing up in a pulpit? Absolutely not. I'm trying to save lives. I'm not trying to ruin lives. But alcohol, some people, they're captive to alcohol. Some people are captive to drugs. 
Some people are captive emotionally because of something that happened in their life. Maybe it's a relationship. Uh, maybe it's depression. And by the way, I am not saying that those things are not a big deal. They are a big deal. But maybe you've been captive. I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to go with me, please, to the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 2. You see, in this passage, we see that these were God's people. They were taken captive by a man by the name of Ishmael. But somebody showed up and somebody rescued them and somebody set them free. And you want to know what his name was? His name was Johanan. He said, well, who in the world is Johanan? Well, we don't know a lot about it, but you know what the name Johanan means? It means the Lord is gracious. And can I tell you, I'm glad that the Lord is gracious to us. And I'm glad that although there may be some chains and there may be some bonds and there may be some captivity, and there may be some things in your life and in your past and in your present. There may be some things that hold you down and things that bother you and things that keep you up at night. I'm glad to tell you that the Lord is still gracious to you and to me in those times. Notice 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 26. The Bible says, And that they may recover themselves... Out of the snare of the devil, we talked about that on Sunday morning, the snare, that's a trap. You don't want to get close to the trap because when you get trapped, good things will not happen. That they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. That does not mean that Satan can do whatever he wants at his will, but that means that it is Satan's will. It is Satan's desire for you to be captive. Whatever happened in your past, uh, whatever situation you're in, whatever emotional thing is going on in your life, whatever depression there may be, or whatever burdens there may be, or whatever uh, trauma there may, may be in your life, Satan's desire is for you to stay captive and for you to stay chained and for you to stay bound by that till the day you die. That's what Satan wants. But can I tell you, I'm glad we serve a God who can break the chains of captivity. He can break the chains of sin. He can break the chains of depression. He can break the chains of the emotional problems that you face. He can break the chains of the physical problems that you face. God is able to set you free. Verse number 26, the snare of the devil who are taken captive. By him at his will. We were talking on uh, Sunday night, Brother Dan and myself and Brother Joe Kirby, who was with us Sunday. And boy, he was a blessing in that Sunday school class. And I enjoyed getting here by his ministry. But we were talking, and I forget how this came out. I don't know if you brought it up or Joe brought it up, but uh, about a prison. And I forget where it was. But remember that prison where they, they let you go during the day and they just have you come check in at night. Do you remember where that was? But you remember him saying that? Oh, good, I wasn't just dreaming it. Brother Dan remembers it too. Um, I'll make sure I'm not just, you know, making stuff up. But there's a prison, and it's not, I don't think it's in the U.S. I think it's in another country. But they let you go during the day. Go do whatever you want to. Just come back at night and check in. Now, I got news for you. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm not so sure that's a good idea. But secondly, that's not the way Satan operates. 
When he takes captives, he doesn't let you go. He doesn't give you freedom. He doesn't try to make your life easy. Satan gets a hold of you and he will eat you up and he will chew you up and he will spit you out and he will do everything he can to stomp on you and ruin everything you have. That's the way Satan works. And Satan is in the business of taking captives just like we see in Jeremiah the Ishmael did. I want you to turn with me over a page from 2 Timothy 2 to 2 Timothy 3. Maybe on the same page for you, verse number five. The Bible describes a lot of people that we will find in the last days. And it says in the last days, verse one, perilous or dangerous times will come. We get down to verse number five. The Bible says there are people that will have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof from such turn away. Hey, you better stay away from the people that they have a form. They have a, a facade. They have an appearance of godliness, but in reality, they're doing the opposite. I don't have a lot of respect. I don't have a lot of time for people that like to put Christian on everything. But yet, if you spend any amount of time with them, you would think they're anything but Christian. Can I tell you, that's not the Christianity I'm all about. That's not the Christianity of the Bible. The Christianity of the Bible is to be like Jesus and to live like Jesus and to do what pleases Jesus 24-7, not just Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Can I tell you, there are people that have a form of godliness, but they deny, deny the power thereof from such. Turn away, verse 6, for of this sort, these kind of people, here's what they'll do. They which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers or, or different lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Can I tell you, not only does Satan take captives, but there are people that Satan uses to take captives. And you know who is led away captive? This verse says, silly women. Really what that means is foolish. You know who Satan's easiest targets are? It's people that are foolish. It's people that do not use wisdom. It's people that do not get in the Bible. It's people that do not get on their knees. It's people that do not seek the Lord. And can I tell you, we are an easy target for the devil to take us captive and to use people to take us captive spiritually when we don't use the wisdom that we've been given from God. We're talking about captives. Turn back with me, if you would, to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 4. Jesus quoted in Luke 4, he quoted from the book of Isaiah, uh, speaking of himself, by the way. But notice Luke chapter 4. In verse number 17, it says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. Verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now this is Jesus speaking. He's opened up the Bible. He's opened up the Old Testament. I get, I get weary of people saying, Well, you know all that Old Testament stuff. We don't need that Old Testament stuff. Well, I got news for you. My Bible that is preserved and that is inspired and that is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness. My Bible's got 66 books in it. I don't know how many yours has in it. But this book right here, Jesus took the book of Isaiah and Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath 
anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Oh, aren't you glad that Jesus heals the brokenhearted? He heals the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the who? The captives. We sing that song. He heals the brokenhearted and he sets the captive free. He made the lame to walk again and he caused the blind to see. Notice what this verse says, verse 18. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You see, we're talking about captives and I know we're in Jeremiah 41. I understand that. But maybe tonight, maybe, maybe you are captive. Maybe it's to sin. Maybe it's to your past. Maybe it's to something that was not even your fault. Did you notice in Jeremiah 41, these people had nothing to do with this. This was out of their control. And by the way, when you're taken captive, it's not because you signed up for it, right? It's because somebody came and somebody did something that you did not want them to do. But you have a choice and I have a choice. We can live the rest of our lives in captivity. And by the way, you can try. You can try to break those chains in your own strength and your own ability. But I want to tell you, it ain't going to happen. You know why? Because the person who has put you in that captivity, that old devil, he's stronger than you are. And he's stronger than I am. And so you can stay in those chains and you can stay bound in that captivity for the rest of your life if you choose to. Or you can say, by the grace of God and with the help of God, and like we heard about and learned about Johanan tonight, the Lord is gracious because of the graciousness and the goodness of God. We can be set free. We can be rescued. That's what Johanan did. He came and he set those captives Free. He got those people that were bound and they were headed for Ammon. And he said, hold on. He said, you're not going any further. He said, you're free. And can I tell you, that's what Jesus wants to do for you. And that's what Jesus wants to do for me. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not even sure why uh, this evening. I know we're in a Bible study and I'm not sure why the Lord laid this subject on my heart so heavy tonight. But I wonder what is it in your life that you're captive to? Uh, maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your upbringing. Uh, maybe, you just, maybe you just like to blame everything on, well, if you knew my dad or if you knew my mom or that's just the way I am. You know what? You're, you're, you're captive. You're allowing those things to hold you captive. When in reality, Jesus has come. We read it in Luke 4. Jesus has come to preach deliverance to the captive. And you can be set free tonight. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.